Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Me and a guest ranking things in Star Wars, and this one, well, this one today took more research than I thought. We're going to have fun ranking the best ugly vehicles in Star Wars. <laughs> we'll start right from that point and bring in Joseph Scrimshaw. Joseph, we got to talk about, well, maybe what constitutes ugly in Star Wars. Yeah, we absolutely do have to address that. And I have to say, uh, being a performer, I've had lots of uh, fun introductions and weird transitions. And this might be one of my favorites. To say, We're going to talk ugly Star Wars ships. And here's Scrimshaw. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, sir. You are a <laughs> roguish gentleman with a great bushy Star Wars beard right now. I <laughs> threw your mask the other day as uh, mine was on. Uh, what we have to establish, we, we, we want to acknowledge right now, this is a fun title, Best Ugly Vehicles and uh, Ships in Star Wars. But ugly and beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And we are here to acknowledge that what we think is an awkward looking ship that we love might be a, a thing of beauty to you. We understand that, uh, Joseph. That's part of the fun of Star Wars because I'll tell you what's not on the list is something that is called literal trash, literal garbage. <laughs> a hunk of junk. The Millennium Falcon's not on this list because that is a thing of beauty. It is a thing of great, great beauty. And obviously it can look very elegant as it did in the hands of Lando. And then it's got, you know, it's got a different style, a different vibe under the hands of uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca there. And who knows what it'll look like next in the future. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you came up with this and said it to me. I was like, okay, weird one. But yeah, let me get thinking about it. And then when I 
started uh, thinking and looking at the vehicles tab of the StarWars.com databank. I had so much fun. And the way I started thinking about Ugly is these ships that are extremely well-designed to be either actually ugly or really utilitarian or run down in a really specific way to make them look either kind of basic or junky or weird in, in this specific kind of way that's like on way on one side is all the great Naboo ships that are absolutely yep. gorgeous, right? And are designed by artists clearly to be functional and just aesthetically beautiful by themselves. And the designers nail that. And then there's the stuff on the other end of the spectrum of like, no one is going to uh, mistake that for the elegance of the N1 Naboo starfighter. <laughs> Uh, you picked up exactly where I was going. I was uh, watching a Star Wars film recently. There's a specific vehicle that was on my list. So I won't spoil it. It just made me think, man, I love that ship. And what a plain, weird, bulky, kind of ugly design. And that made me <laughs> think, you know, this is not the only ship like that in Star Wars. We have some vehicles. We have some ships. Uh, we kind of kept it uh, fast and loose with the rules here on how to do it. Uh, you know, uh, we, we usually... Uh, provide each other the list so we know what we're talking about. And uh, Joseph sent me his list, and I literally wrote Joseph and just said, beep, cuss word, because this, I was like, this list just, you you, <laughs> you, you, you nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. And so we're going to have a lot of fun discussing that. And I love what you said there, Joseph, about the description, because these are all designed. These are designed by real-world folks, whether it's a, in a warehouse in Van Nuys in 75, 76, we're up there in the comfy confines of Lucasfilm now or any, anywhere else in the world. There's people who are crafting these, thinking these up and designing intentionally for these ships and vehicles to look a little weird, to look a little different, to look like they fit in this galaxy or sometimes that they don't fit, but they're there nonetheless. And that's <laughs> what we love about this list. So the best ugly ships and vehicles in Star Wars begins here with Joseph, your number five. My number five is one of those ships that you're like, oh, that ship isn't very exciting. Wait, that's the entire point. At least that's my interpretation of the Aravana, Han and Chewie's sad ship in The Force Awakens. Uh, I love that it, it's it got that establishing shot of like, ooh, it looks kind of just uh, gray and grim, and it's got the red light coming out, so you understand why Ray and Finn think, oh, no, maybe it's the First Order. But then you really realize what it is is just this huge contrast between the Falcon. Yeah, the Falcon's run down, but it's this inventive, sleek, weird ship that looks, yeah, yeah, it's a freighter, but it kind of has this vibe of like a racer that's been, you know, modified and all that uh, all that stuff. In Han and Chewie don't have the Falcon. They have the Aravana, which is even like <laughs> kind of an ugly name, right? And, uh, and it, I love that it's just so boxy. And that it's not even a ship, really, especially if you look at kind of the from some of the full pictures of the designs on like Wikipedia. It is this big rectangle uh, that is then attached to just a bunch of storage sheds. So it's like a depressing <laughs> public storage facility if it was a ship. It's they're flying around a big, sad closet. And I love that this is they're still smuggling. But the Falcon back in the day was this sort of sexy, dangerous, roguish smuggling. And this is the like, man, nothing turned out the way we wanted. And we're middle management at a storage company that flies through space. We will rent you some boxes and tape supplies as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. A Baleen class heavy freighter. 
Uh, I, the, the public storage in space is just excellent. It also, to me, reminds me of a big rig or a freight train. It's just you're stuck in traffic staring at this ugly thing rolling by you. Yep. Yeah. And like, oh, my God. And just, yeah. How How is that pilot even staying awake, slowly driving that boring hunk of junk, like an actual hunk of junk, not a, you know, underestimated <laughs> hunk of junk like the Falcon. Like, no, that actually is. It's a hunk of junk, you know, and, uh, you know, I haven't read all the art of books. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe everybody listening knows that that was the intent. But when I look, that looks like the intent to be like, you know, not only do Han and Chewie not have the Falcon, look what they have. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, and uh, this was one of the final designs finalized for the Force Awakens uh, around the time the principal photography was was uh, wrapping up. Uh, they, they were still tinkering with this one here. And I love just that was my reaction to it in the theater when the ship comes into play and you see it. Yeah. And it's played for what it is. I think, look, I, I think I like a lot of people in the theater the first time had a sense. This might be that Han moment uh, that Chewie were home. You know, just you didn't know it was played for what it was and, and played well. But just you had that sense of like, oh, 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 is this it? Is this it? Is Han showing up? And so because of that, once you got the second like the second time I saw the film, I was able to get to look at the ship a little bit better. And had seen maybe some designs. I was like, what a just uninspiring design for Han Solo. Then I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what an uninspiring design for Han Solo at this point in his life. That's the point. Thank you, Ken. I'll take my seat. Yeah. So, um, well, that's a, that's a, that's a, I'm looking at it right now. Oh my God. What a great, what a great way to start this list. Yeah. It's beautifully designed to be ugly. Mm. And, you know, it's got that big, I mean, yeah. Oh, wow. Wonder, I want the story. Can we get the story of Han purchasing this and just like, ah, oh, this is a, I can't even find the Falcon. Yeah, like, can we put some racing stripes on it? Nah, ah, damn it. Uh, whatever. Let's just shove some dangerous stuff in the cubes and go. Let's do it, Chewie. Let's yeah. do it, Chewie. <laughs> that was a great start to the list. The Irvana, the Irvana Han Solos slide into box. Boxy storage. Uh, <laughs> storage. All right. Uh, my number five, I'm going classic trilogy, original trilogy to a beautiful land, a classic design that, you know what? Some people might say right from the start, you know, that's not ugly, but I think by design, it was supposed to be. I'm going with the cloud car, Ooh. twin pods flying around. It is a little uh, a collection of seats in, in not even space, just the atmosphere, puttering around. It is a George Jetson car in Star Wars, and it worked. And it also gave one of the, well, I, jo I know, Joseph, one of your favorite classic Kenner characters that's <laughs> not not that great either. No, not saying the pilot himself was ugly, but that outfit, the big yellow, orangish, bulbous helmet and the plain <laughs> flight suit. The cloud car, any way you slice it, to me, was not glamorous, even though the city itself was uh, futuristic. Again, I go to this George Jetson type of thing. It, it makes sense. It tracks for what's going on in, on Bestman and Cloud City. But for me, I love this ship. I love flying the ship in Battlefront 2 when you get to uh, either in the in the story mode or you get to fly around in the game. Uh, and, and even I think the first Battlefront 2 you do as well. Just love Putner putting around in a cloud car. Oh, yeah. The cloud cars are absolutely great because they are a really different and interesting design. And they're one of those designs that makes you ask, like, well, what's the uh, what's the intent here of of this? Is, you know, somebody going to, you know, why why are there 
two? Is one supposed to break off? Is, is that just like, hey, if half of our ship gets cut in half, the other one can keep going? So it makes you wonder. But it does look really, uh, especially in the original trilogy, we've been introduced to ships that are ominous and, and have yeah. majesty from the, the Star Destroyers and the full of personality, underestimated piece of junk, and then cool fighters. This is one of the ships we see that is, it's for a mining facility. So it looks like it has some very specific kind of utilitarian function. Yeah. Yeah. Peacekeeping, patrol, and protection is what it was uh, said to do there. And it does all that. And you're so right. Uh, Empire Strikes Back has a lot of these great designs uh, that, that, that uh, you know, we follow up to the first film with this new designs and a new world expanding of it. And you got the X-Wings, you got the, the TIE Fighters, and here comes a little cloud car putting along. And... And it works and it's memorable. And I remember wanting the toy and it's like, what do you want? Two bubbles? <laughs> like, what, do you, what do you like? Little looks like Advil or ibuprofen pills flying around. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds so close to clown car. Like they're going to be like so many cloud car pilots in the cloud car. Uh, and then of course that flying sound it sort of makes. I know it's not accurate, but in my head, that's what it makes. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at some of the packaging of the original toy. Yeah. Um, in, uh, they clearly put out the cloud car before they made the cloud car pilot. Cause the cloud car pilot, the one action figure that should be on any of the packaging and advertising is not. <laughs> and it's, it's one of the security guards, uh, op- the, the Bespin security guards opening up the hatch and, uh, Luke is in one pod, and then another Bespin security guard is it is in the other, and it's just like, the yeah. hell are you doing in here, Luke? And Lando's there, and Leia, yeah. and three PO, and they're in the snow. <laughs> oh my god! And it's crew. Yeah, no, it's crewed by a pilot and a gunner. But how much gunning you doing in, in putting around there? You know? Um, oh my god! Yeah. Oh, that's pretty great. I would love that. You know, that in a way makes it cooler. I'd love to be just the gunner of like, uh, no piloting responsibilities, just shoot at things. Okay. <laughs> I just put around going 11 miles per hour, <laughs> cruising around. And then, you know, as someone who has uh, spent a, a, an entire career in a, a protection industry, uh, this this tracks too. This is, uh, we used to have uh, big heavy duty SUVs when I first started working uh, uh, security uh, and uh, real good. And then all of a sudden a new company came in and budgets got cut and we were in like a little Chevy tracker, which is the cloud car of SUV vehicles. <laughs> and then just finally downgraded to the dreaded golf carts, uh, though we still had to have some vehicles for escorts and whatnot. But I just remember the, thinking like, no, no, I want, I want something cool. <laughs> like getting assigned to a cloud car. Nope. Nope. You're stuck into ibuprofen pills. <laughs> just, fallen out of a bottle so that is the start of my list we are in here having fun already with the best ugly ships and vehicles in star wars and joseph we're up to your number four my number four is from attack of the clones and it is the aa-9 coruscant freighter uh, better known just as the refugee ship that anakin and padme take to travel to naboo without anybody noticing hey that's a jedi and a senator a Padawan senator. Uh, I re- I've always remembered this one because it's very basic and because it gets set up in uh, the movie as y- you don't want to be noticed. So not only is it this refugee ship where, you know, people are theoretically not looking for an Im- important people because they're people who are struggling and, and, you know, on that ship for a very specific reason, but also just like you're kind of hiding out. Uh, and so it makes a lot of sense the ship itself is just very basic and i've always liked the look of it that it's 
something that's designed to move a ton of people. And you get that from uh, just looking at it in the movie, but then looking at the designs, it's got this like big, deep uh, uh, bottom shaft. And then they're just kind of the big rockets and the whole thing put together. looks kind of like the Spiegel <laughs> from Star Wars <laughs> Resistance, like this big, yeah. uh, this big uh, beak mouth and two little eyes. Yeah. Um, so I just really like that. It's this big kind of, Hey, what if a spaceship was a bus? Yeah. To move people. There are no frills. It's just designed for the job. Uh, and, and reading about it on Wikipedia, I like that it, they specifically highlight uh, that it was designed on the interior to not only have like that cafeteria space that we see, uh, but it was designed for uh, to cater to all kinds of species because you never knew who was going to need to be on one of these kind of freighters. Love that idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Make room for uh, Oporensisis uh, there. Yeah. This is, um, this is yeah, utilized in the refugee relief movement. This is a great choice because it is, it's ex- so exactly what we're talking about here. This is designed beautifully to be so just nothing. <laughs> it's designed <laughs> to be exactly what it needs to be in the story and what it would be in this world. It's not fighting any wars, though I wonder if at some point the rebellion uh, took a couple of these uh, for use in the uh, early days of the fight. <laughs> I'd love to see these over Scarif. Um, oh, yeah. And what is uh, what is funny, is, and looking the, at the photos, um, this is like two clicks away from the Razor Crest with the Mandalorian, meaning... Oh, you're right. The ship design. What if? Uh, what if in in galaxy and, and the uh, Bodajev shipyards put this out? But what if like uh, you know someone was like, what if we do like a cooler version of that, like a like a bounty hunter Volkswagen van? Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that there, right? Uh, which is to me what the Razor Crest kind of is. Um, so there's so the the design there's a connection to it to other Star Wars designs. Uh, at least the Razor Crest connects back to this. I know it's not specific. I know, but it just has that vibe. So it's like. It's like, it's part of the galaxy and it's so, I don't know. And it's built down everything. It's top down. Like, so the ship, everything up top, and then you just go down and down and down. It is, it is steerage class in a ship. Yeah, you're right. And it, the, just the relationship of design and just the subtlety of design, it makes you appreciate it. Cause I got this picture of the razor crest and like part of what makes the razor crest look cool is like, yeah, it's smaller and, and beaten down and got a little bit more energy to it. But in particular, like, those rockets that look like eyes kind of swoop up just a little bit on the razor crest and it gives it this kind of energy. Whereas like the rockets that look like eyes on the Coruscant freighter are just kind of straight and flat. And they, if it's a face, the, the, that ship is falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Colin Robinson, the energy vampire is draining all their life force here. In the ship. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's my number four. Uh, to to our knowledge, has there has there been ever uh, like a diecast uh, model Matchbox uh, version of this or Hot Wheels version uh, of this out yeah. there? Yeah, I'm on the images tab and I'm I'm scrolling down and uh, uh, I yeah, it looks like there might be there's something bricklink.com. I imagine since this is from you know way back in 2002 that there had to have been something, and if not, you know, produced certainly custom. Like what kind of this is this is uh, my childhood at times. So you unwrap the Christmas gift on uh, on Christmas morning that you you know you're not thankful for as a kid. You don't have perspective, and you're just like, "Cool Star Wars toy! I got the freighter, oh, <laughs> the refugee freighter. Great! Uh, I guess I'll have lunch and talk about love <laughs> like Anakin and Padme." Uh, great choice at number four. We are sticking in the prequel era. 
for my, for my number four, this was supposed to be an Attack of the Clones. There was actually an animatic version of this thing running over clone troopers, but it didn't make it in the movie and instead was moved to Revenge of the Sith. We're talking about the NRN99 Droid Enforcer. Ooh. A, 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 a ship, a, persu- a persuader, a pers- yeah, persuader class droid enforcer ship, a.k.a. the snail droid. Yes, this is a, you know, I know it's a droid. I know you might want to catch uh, catch me on that technicality, but to me, this is a, a vehicle. It's a tank droid. It's for use uh, in this war. And this is uh, on the Battle of Kashyyyk. You see them come out of water. This is what the, the Wookiees uh, did their Tarzan uh, leap down to destroy. And this is, without a doubt, 100% a snail to attack with. <laughs> now, I'm not saying snails are ugly, by the way. I like a good snail. I, I, very, I, I, I move them. I don't step them on them. I love a good snail. But to make a Star Wars ship out of it and then to make it work. And there's a lot of bug-like droids. You know, the Geonosians kind of designing even the battle droids to kind of look like them in a certain way. It, it tracks it tracks, and the Techno Union is the one to produce these droid tanks. Uh, it costs 120,000 credits, by the way. Good oh, wow. I just love it. I just It fits into the weird vibe of, of uh, the Clone Wars era, the prequel era, uh, Lucas and his 1950s stuff. This looks like it's, a, it's an alien, snail alien coming out of the water to attack you. That's why I love it. Yeah, yeah, and it goes along well with the spider droids and the octuptura tri droids and all those different uh, separatist droids. Uh, there are a bunch of these on the bridge on Christophsis in the Clone Wars movie as well, um, yes. and and I remember that because that was one of my paws and like you know what I don't know the name of that snail face droid. I bet it's not snail face droid. I better look it up. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it, there's some, it's really evocative. Uh, you know, the spider droid, I think gets a lot, a lot of attention cause it, it, you know, looks really cool. Uh, but this is like, yeah, it's like the, uh, oh, cool. You're a spider. Oh, I'm a snail. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Are the, is the droid army just a garden attacking the clones? <laughs> it really is. Well, yeah. Where's the moth destroyer? Well, then you get the uh, the battle droids with wings, uh, you know. Then you get it. that's that's your moth, that's your bumblebee. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is just a cool design because it does look kind of. It's got the the weird uh, lights on top that definitely look like eyes. It gives it a real face, so it looks kind of dopey. But also, like the fact that the middle of it is just this big uh, tread that is just rolling forward with its guns. It's also like, yeah, I I can joke about it in the safety of my home, but <laughs> if I was on a bridge and that thing came rolling at me, I would not be laughing. Imagine a giant snail shooting at you. Nope. No, thanks. <laughs> nope. Nightmare. Nightmare <laughs> inducing thought right there. So that is uh, my choice. The NR99 Persuader class tank droid, the droid enforcer on the Battle of Kashyyyk. Uh, we are up to your number three. My number three, we are going to jump forward into the standalone films, which don't entirely, you know, stand alone because they touch on a lot of Star Wars storytelling. And this one definitely does. This is the ATDT Walker. That is the all terrain defense turret. So, really, really kind of changing up uh, what all those letters mean. You know, we're used to the uh, the at at and, you know, the, all these different uh, letters meaning different things, but just straight up defense turret. It's very, very descriptive. The reason I like this, there's so many of these, some AT something, right? Uh, this one is just uh, a smaller walker. It's got legs and then a 
tiny spindly little blaster for a face basically <laughs> it's got a shield it's just it's just literally a walking big blaster thing uh and i love I love all of the different AT things, but there's a lot to keep a track of. There are a lot of that are AT. There's an ATDP. So there's a lot that can get hard to keep track of. And this one always sticks in my head because it's just so weird and almost overly simple in a great way of just like, uh, we need a blaster. Uh, yeah, cannon, uh, throw some legs on it. Why not? We're already mass producing these legs. So uh, just throw a, you know, uh, how about a little shield? And then it's got kind of like a blaster for a nose. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, this is great. I, yeah, I love the collection of walkers from Clone Wars on up. Uh, you know, and you're right. You can kind of get lost in them. I love it because that shot in the trailer where it kind of there's one that's kind of like clunks down. Right. And you look you're looking like you're wearing some intense action on Mimban. Like I would have loved to see a little bit more of it. I know that wasn't the point of the sequence, but. You know, just to see the in action and uh, looking into the design, it, it, Mark O'Kane is the one who's been credited with the concept and model build. And it is a kind of a big giant kit bash of a German anti-aircraft gun on the body of a walker. Nice. <laughs> he like literally like chop off the head, put a gun down and go for it. It also is featured in um, that the, the game Star Wars Commander. Mm. I haven't played in a while. I have it too. They they must have done some updates, and it's factored in there. And the Rebellion has a version of it. And so I don't know if you've seen. If you scroll down to Wikipedia, there's a picture of a Rebel ATDT, and it's awesome because remember when GI Joe just re-released all their vehicles but painted <laughs> them different? <laughs> this looks like that because it's got an orange reddish top, and there's a Rebel soldier, and they're just giving a big fist pump. Like, yeah. yeah, nice. He's awkward walker. We can all have a defense turret. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all types of defense turrets. Uh, I was also devastated uh, to realize that there's a uh, there's a toy of it in the solo line, which I really like the solo line. It comes with a Mimban Stormtrooper, which I really like. Just oh, yeah. a dirty Stormtrooper with a bigger head. <laughs> <laughs> Made especially for Mimban. And then just sits. Uh, and I like that the, the trooper is exposed, too. They're not entirely yeah. contained in this. Uh, man. I only have so much uh, room for toys, but I really like this ugly thing so much with this dirty trooper. Yeah. <laughs> ugly yeah. walker, dirty trooper, I'm sold. <laughs> ugly walker, dirty trooper. Ah, <laughs> uh, great choice. It's so, it's so, um, just also the, it reminds me just the empire, just throwing everything at anybody. Just like, how do we, how do we keep oppressing? Just put a, anti-aircraft gun on some legs yeah and that's the thing too is like there's less protection for the trooper and it yeah. feels like is Mimban that important Nah, just throw these things at it absolutely good choice for your number three we're up to my number three and we are going to the rise of skywalker and this is a vehicle that we talked about recently on a will of the force our exclusive patreon only show where we randomly select a page in a visual dictionary or an art of book and talk about what's there this, Joseph, is the DN-25 Treadable. This is Lando's um, kind of home away from home. Though we did learn he kind of rents it, right? Uh, uh, Calonet is the one is the driver there, and it's it's kind of her vehicle. He kind of sets up shop in there regardless. Yeah. I love this thing. It is a just big old giant tread. 
and you got you got a little shop in there. You can set up shop. You can live. You can rent it out. It's a studio apartment on the go, <laughs> big and bulky, and it's incomplete. It's just like, hey, this is part of a big tank. Nah, it is the tank, and it sounds ugly. It doesn't look impressive on any way, shape, or form, and which is why I just love it. Also, I think I'm attached attached to this a little bit. As a kid, I was um, obsessed with matchbox cars and Hot Wheels like a lot of kids, but also just like big construction vehicles. I'm surprised I didn't become a construction foreman. Uh, and so my dad purchased big the books that are like big vehicles in the world, like and and like the big <laughs> supersized, like big, most of them yellow, like trucks that you could drop like a skyscraper in. Like these are massive, right? Uh, and I just was obsessed with them as a kid. We're talking four, five, six years old. And I just flipped through the pages. And for some reason, the treadable, and it's not as big as even some of the ones I saw in those books as a kid, but in, in the visual dictionary, it just reminds me of those things. This this is when Star Wars, as deep as you and I can get, Joseph, this is Star Wars connecting to me as a five-year-old. Oh, and yeah. I, I just want to play with it. I just want I want a treadable of my own. <laughs> Uh, that makes sense. And I think there is that fascination that lots of kids have with kind of machinery that is so large and weird. It's almost like the uh, beast, you know, it's almost that same sort of like a stegosaurus. Is that real? <laughs> a giant truck. Is that real? <laughs> stegosaurus, a stegosaurus truck. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I want to, I'll see if I'll have to do some research, if there's like uh, one of those Hot Wheels shreddable ones there might be uh, i see those pop up at uh, convenience stores or at, at an impulse buy uh, i'll have to grab one of those one day myself because it will connect my my youth and my love of star wars now all in one yeah yeah i love how just incredibly functional and and weird the treadable is you know it helps that that scene on there is great uh clone a is is great and okay um in in lando but like the vehicle itself it's like that uh that joke of like well why don't you make the whole plane out of the black box <laughs> it's like oh you think a wheel is good you think a tread is good why don't you make the whole thing out of a tread uh <laughs> and then you're right you're so right to describe it as like a, a it's it's like a tiny home it's like a live workspace where you're like <laughs> you can just be in there you can just, you know, it'll just keep rolling along and you can just be in there and you like, you know, that clone is selling wares and stuff out of there. But, you know, you could totally be like, well, here's my art studio. And then over there's my bed and that's where I make my coffee. And behind there's the refresher and just open up this whole door. And I just look outside. Yeah. It's great living, tiny, yeah. <laughs> economical yeah. living. And I sell artisan repainted hubcaps. It's great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's my number three, which means we're up to your number two. My number two, actually, I hadn't thought about it, but now I do. It actually does have a little bit in common with the treadable of the, like, you know, why just have it be a part of the vehicle when it can be the whole vehicle? And it is General Grievous's wheel bike. Simu 6. The Simu 6 yeah. wheel bike. That's even the name. And I love this with vehicles in Star Wars. Like, sometimes... They are, you know, just so uh, romantic and interesting. Star Destroyer, even like the N1 Naboo Starfighter. And like, uh, this is my wheel bike. <laughs> it's just so direct, you know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't enforce anything. It doesn't, it's, you know, it, it's not the solar grinder or anything romantic. It's a wheel bike. Uh it, and I like that it is, uh, this is again to me one of those like designs like, I'm not making fun of the design. It's perfect because it fits Grievous. What do we know about Grievous? He is brutal. 
and direct. He has absolutely no subtlety. He's not going to sneak up on you because he has a hacking cough. Uh, his big tactic is go in, start a bunch of chaos as soon as any Jedi come after me. For the most part, I just run away. And like the wheel bike represents all that. It's brutal and direct. There's nothing subtle about it. And it is all about just running away. It is a, an angry donut with spikes and wheels and legs. <laughs> donut. Oh, that's what I want. Oh, I want an angry donut. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I just love it. It's just, it's just so weird. And and I know, you know, uh, different people do not like um, that scene. And I, you know, I, I love the scene and it's, it's a great contrast to Obi-Wan with uh, who, who's writing Boga the Varactyl, you know, an organic creature with a name and feelings. And there's great contrast between right. Obi-Wan writing that and then a Grievous, this uh, machine infested angry monster person with just like it, it's a ring <laughs> it's a ring it's a ring it's a ring with some spikes and legs will come out if you absolutely need it to you know it's just it's just so brutal i love it and i i went through as you're going through your description here uh i went through a little bit of a a, a multi multi-pronged rabbit hole <laughs> journey <laughs> um so yeah, some of the behind the scenes stuff. The, there was an idea that this would be an intelligent droid, so mirroring the Boga as a living mount, uh, mount for General Grievous. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad they didn't go that way. I, li- I like the idea of just the the organic versus the mechanical here, like you said. Uh, there's two things that I just uh, I know this is an audio program, um, but man, uh, a pullover if you're listening in a car or going for a social uh, distance responsible walk, and go pull up uh, two things. Uh, this is similar to the 48 roller wheel bike used by Jan Tosh, who is a character from the Droids cartoon from 1985. Wow. And if you click on it, I mean, it's the same thing. It's it's not an angry donut. It's just a donut with no spike. It's the same <laughs> thing. And we'll have to dig in a little bit more. I don't know. There's nothing that's showing me right now. Again, if you're listening, you have more information. I'm sure we'll dig it up. There's nothing that's tying Grievous's personal wheel bike to the 48 roller um in the design you know what i mean yeah uh, it will have to i'll have to dig a little bit more so i'm not saying there isn't a connection that someone during the, the doug chang wasn't like hey you remember that droids card <laughs> um but it's so similar and then in the behind the scenes tab on wikipedia this is the sentence the real life counterpart to the wheel bike is the mono wheel <laughs> if i click on that there's a hyperlink i go to wikipedia and there's just a mono wheel rider in 2011 in the Duda Parade in Columbus, Ohio. And it's just a man dressed as Uncle Sam with American flags coming out of his wheel bike, his motorized wheel bike. And it is the real world equivalent of General Grievous, I guess. Uh. It's hilarious. It's unintentional comedy, which has nothing to do with our list here. But I suggest you all take that journey. Oh, my God. Yeah, I saw that guy. Oh, it's so funny. And I think that's part of what's like uh, it amuses me about it in, in a good way uh, that fits to me. Grievous of like uh, in the real world, it looks like something you would maybe ride at a parade for a lark. <laughs> but with Grievous, it's his brutal weapon. I will take this out for a lark. <laughs> <laughs> the Separatist Parade. Well, I uh, I do enjoy the wheel bike. I think at the time, it's one of those things you're seeing in the theater. You're like, what is this madness? You know, and then uh, over time, you just get used to it. And it's and it's a bizarre design. And it's like, was that sitting there? Because he has his, he has his uh, you know, he has his, uh, his ship there. Did he also say, transport my personal wheel bike down? 
course, are just part of uh, what's going on. Utapa, there's all Utapa, there's always just, you know, great things there. And I'm reading a little bit more. It was it was useful in the sinkhole filled planet of Utapa. So there you go. It yeah. might have been there, but um, I just love it. I, I it's in the in the end. It's a perfect example. It is it is ugly and it's beautiful and it's yeah. Ugliness. So imagine if he was just rolling back and forth while he was talking to the separatists. Like, I'm going to be taking you to Mustafar. It's a volcanic planet. You will be safe there. Like, why are you rolling? <laughs> kind of like uh, Job Bluth in uh, Rest of the <laughs> on his, uh, his uh, motorized scooter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there we go. There we go. I made a huge mistake, says Grievous. Uh, all right. That is your number two. We're going to my number two. We'll take a quick break after that. Go to our number ones and some honorable mentions. Uh, my number two is the one that inspired my list. I was watching the rise of Skywalker and the battle of Exegol, and I see the fortitude land. This is the YC-12 3B transport hauler that Finn, Janna, Rose, Connix, and Beaumont Ken and all his exposition are on when they go land on the cruiser. They were originally going to take out the uh, transmitter down below. And this is the one that I was watching it. It's This is a dramatic moment. The big landing and we're going to get the Orbax charging BB-8 roller. And it's one of my favorite moments in the film. And just perhaps for the first time, I just really looked at this ship. And I'm thinking this is a, one of those vans you rent uh, <laughs> from a public storage, probably from the Irvana. This is a, this is one of those generic white vans you rent for some multiple uses. And I was like, I love this. This is, this is so ugly and plain and bulky and boxy. But it's got its moment in the sun. It's here. It's part of the Battle of Exegol, piloted by Drianna Conunda and Kendris Dune. And they're there. And it's and without this, we don't get this victory. You need this ship. And it's indicative of what's going on in the resistance. All hands on deck. Grab what we got. We don't care what it looks like. We care how we're going to use it. I love the fortitude. Yeah, yeah, the Fortitude is a great design, and it's it's a great design for a transport. That's all it is. That's uh, what it's designed for. Captain Kanunda is one of the uh, things I memorized for, for the trivia contest, waiting to be asked, who who pilots the Fortitude? Um, but I love that there is that great contrast between, like, how boxy and plain it is, and it does just look like it's, you know, it looks like a little ship that's just basically a mouth that's <laughs> designed to burp out troops, and, you know, it's so boxy. So rectangular, and then you know it burps out this organic idea from uh, Finn of riding those orbacks, and it's so cool. Yeah, I love it, and, and it's it's a little uh, the design is, uh, and there's not much um, here in the design to go into, but it's it's a little bit of a kit bash kind of design. The cockpit's just kind of duct taped to the top, you know. Uh, it's got a, it's like let's take a sexy, sleek U-wing, which has its own kind of awkward beauty. And let's just make it real practical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that cockpit is really cool, actually. Yeah, the more you, you stare at this one, it's nice in an ugly way. There you go. And that was what made me think of the list. And we're having a lot of fun talking about our favorite and the best ugly ships and vehicles in Star Wars. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, Joseph and I will reveal our number one choices. Plus... Some honorable mentions, the ugly things that almost got their day in the sun on our list. Stick around. More Star Wars Ranked coming up. (laughs) 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series. Encore presentations of Databank Brawl and special programming all there for you and more shows on the way. It's Forcing on YouTube. Check it out. Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J E N I L A N D A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa1138. Welcome back to Star Wars Ranked, the 92nd edition of 
show in which we make all the pop culture references we can to Star Wars vehicles. And now I, I need to go rent some storage space. You know, I have a storage shed in my backyard. I just put some wings on that. Just say it's a lander. <laughs> uh, we are almost to our number one choices for the uh, best ugly ship or vehicle in Star Wars. It's chosen by me and Joseph Scrimshaw. Our list uh, has been a lot of fun to put together, which means, Joseph, we definitely had some honorable mentions. What do you have on your list? Yeah, there are a lot of these ships that are, you know, very functional and very sort of weirdly, uh, you know, aesthetically uh, pleasing in their unpleasingness. And one of the ones that I've always been like, what is the deal with that little guy is the Nemodian Escort Shuttle. Mm. Uh, it is basically just a kind of a little pod with kind of some fins, but then this big fin on top. And I, I, every time I see it, I'm just sort of like, that's kind of, there's almost nothing going on with this ship and that big kind of handle fin on top just makes me feel like it's like a happy meal like yes. some giant's gonna grab that open it up and eat the nemodians like a classic 80s happy meal box yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i always like that it's it's yeah. just it's totally plain and functional and it seems very much like the the nemodians there's something a little creepy about it perfect right um a ship that's kind of cool but like aesthetically uh ugly to me is the imperial interdictor um you know uh the especially the the version that's like Got really flattened out from a normal Star Destroyer and it has the really sort of flat bridge. And then just those giant, no way around it, balls, those giant dome shape. I guess I could have said dome shape. There was a way around balls. Always remember there is an alternative to balls. Uh, but, and I know that's all the, you know, it's the technology yeah. to pull things out of hyperspace and all that. And it's, so it's a, a cool ship that's really specific and has a really specific purpose. But uh, the Star Destroyers are all like sort of a, uh, elegant and how intimidating and huge and menacing they are. And this one just looks diseased to me. That's a great way to look at it. I love the design and yes. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of the, the uh, it's the piece of fruit you're going to toss away and <laughs> Imperial star destroyer salad. Uh, like oh, this, this carrot didn't come out. Right. Um, I know carrots, not a fruit. Um, so we're going everywhere today on this show. Aren't we? Um, <laughs> and this was introduced in, in Rebels, right? And it was one of those things that I remember initially kind of going, ah, what is this? And then uh, similar to the one I talk about often that's not on my list, but the Quasar class, kind of the uh, the big old uh, storage uh, facility in space, not quite the public storage, but just the, the parking garage for the Imperials. <laughs> and, and I just have really grown to love it. The tech I can get behind, it would make sense that the Imperials would be like, yeah, can we just pull people out of hyperspace? Um, so I like it. I love, I love, uh, I love your description of it as, as diseased. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about it. That's maybe, it might be a personal thing. It creeps me out. Creeps me out. Yeah. Uh, my fine final one that I wanted to include because I think about it a lot is Leia's ship in the force awakens that she, uh, lands on Takodana, uh, which is called the resistance transport. Uh, and it is functionally just kind of weird, uh, the actual backstory of it is that it is, uh, according to Wikipedia, is that it is kind of kit bashed. It's lots of different uh, parts put together. The cockpit is a part of a, a B wing, and the pilots can't even quite see out of it right. Yeah. <laughs> but just, I always remember watching it in Force Awakens. It just looks like that ship looks like it should maybe be pointed in a different direction, or there should be another part of it. <laughs> but it's just, it's so minimal and feels so uh, kit bashed and so cobbled together. And it's such a great contrast uh, from the utter elegance and style of the Tanta V4 yeah. uh, that I, I like that contrast. And it, it feels ugly in that same kit-bashed way that the Fortitude does. Mm. But it's also just stuck in my imagination because 
it's a weird ship. It's it's kind of memorable because it is so just this weird long thing that's facing forward and in a not aerodynamic way at all. Uh, that I'm always like, it's got to be somewhere where I've missed it, there, where there's like a cool name. That's Leia's ship, right? And I've dug and I've dug and I've dug, and it's the Resistance transport. That's what it is. That's what it is, at least to my, uh, my you know, pretty good Star Wars research skills. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, too. I've always been, uh, it, it, it sparks that kind of imagination. It's a childlike imagination of just like, what's this? Is there a seating arrangement? And I haven't seen any cross sections of this, and, and maybe that answer exists, but I almost don't want the answer. I just, are there seats in it? Is Leia standing? Like, what's going on? It does, just looks like a hallway with wings or, or a hallway that flies. <laughs> Like what's going on there, and then yeah, you get the story of the B wing uh, cockpit, all this kind of stuff, and it and it's the spirit of the resistance at this time. They they don't have the money, they don't have the funds, so it all tracks, it all works. But I've I've been I've thought about that for a long time, just like what 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 what's going on inside that ship? Yeah, yeah, it seems like you cannot uh, help but make eye contact with everybody else on that ship at all <laughs> times. <laughs> an awkward ele- elevator encounter. Everyone looking at each other like, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, that's what it should be called. That specific resistance uh, uh, transport, because I know, you know, it's not Leia's ship. It's a resistance transport that Leia was on. But I think it should be called the Elevation. The Elevation. I like that. <laughs> I like that. So those are my runner-ups. There you go. My runner-ups include uh, some classics and then some uh, bad takes on the classics. Uh, I'll start with the Rebel Transport, talking about uh, resistance transport. I'll go with the Rebel Transport. Uh, you know, used all through the the, the films and, and the stories and the cartoons and everything, but prominent, uh, prominently featured in Hoth. Uh, big old kind of like a roly-poly bug stretched out. <laughs> that the rebellion's got to get on and the first transport is away. The first transport is away. We are so happy for that big ugly thing just to get on out. And um, I just like it. And it's functional. It's big. And it kind of almost starts the tradition of, plain simply designed ugly vehicles in star wars that you kind of love yeah yeah and it does fit the rebellion it's a good contrast where you know it is kind of uh rounded and instead of like the aggressive sharp you know dagger shape of the star destroyer uh and it does it is it's just i remember as a kid going like that's not too exciting but it's not supposed to be it's a bus <laughs> like the greyhound has left the station the greyhound has left the station yeah. so i've always loved those there uh going to solo uh the at hauler Mm. I'll say this: there's there is kind of a beauty to the hauler, uh, the hauler, the way the, the the you know kind of the wings go up and the way it moves. It's it's reminiscent of some more classier of the the imperial shuttles and whatnot. So I, I hesitated to put it on my list. Uh, this is truly a, an eye of the beholder type of choice there, but it is not. It's not super elegant, and it's definitely just a service vehicle. And it's uh, got the the planks, the walkways underneath it. It's got a shower that we know. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. I just love, I just love it. And and it's one of those things that is like, if if this could get, um, you know, you you could take this out into space and you can take it in a hyperdrive. Like I don't know, it might be a good functional kind of RV on the go. I don't know. I could I could see it working for Han and Chewie until they get the Falcon. So I don't know. I, it's simple design. I just always have loved the AT hauler. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's a great design to look functional, but still be just exciting enough with, you know, the uh, the swinging uh, uh, arm arrangement and, the yeah, the walkway. I know it's for practical purposes, but come on. Yeah, like pretty that. cool to be able to be out on the balcony of your AT hauler. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a couple left here. 
The uh, 614AVA speeder bike featured prominently in Star Wars Rebels. As you all know, I love my uh, speeder bike. Uh, was it the uh, Z74 on Endor? Love that. That is one of my all-time favorite designs. There's beauty. There's a motorcycle in space. There's how designs are supposed to be. And then you have this version of the speeder bike with that awkward kind of the, the handles all that coming out of like a disc. And it seems somehow you're, even though you're not, you somehow seem more exposed in the classic speeder bike <laughs> and the classic speeder bike. You got to lean forward, leaning into the action. This one, everyone's kind of upright and awkwardly <laughs> back and just kind of, does. it just, it's ugly. It's ugly, but I like it. And it helped, uh, you know, probably had something to do with the, uh, you know, it's a class of the speeder bike that I love. So I have an affinity for, for this one as well. I just, it's one of those ones too, that I remember first seeing it. And you, every Imperial in it's got kind of the weird helmet and doesn't even quite, he's not a biker scout. He's not the cool, sexy biker scout. And I just remember thinking, what is this? And now I'm like, every time it pops up, I'm like, I'd like to putt around in that. It's the cloud car, the speed. <laughs> Does it have the swoopy handlebars? Uh, it has the, the one I'm thinking of is just like, it's almost as if you're, uh, it's got the, I guess it swoops up, but they're just very functional, uh, almost like joysticks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I was wondering if it relates back to like your opinions about bikes in the 80s when you were a kid of like the, those handlebars look cool. Yeah, you need cool handle, handlebars, kids. You need cool hand- and put some streamers on it. <laughs> and then my final choice, this, look, this is uh, this is big. This is a cruiser. This is a, this is a capital ship, but uh, I love it. It is home one, the home of Admiral Akbar, the center of the Battle of Endor. And it is, yes, a flying pickle. <laughs> and who doesn't love a pickle especially a pickle in space i've always loved this ship uh, in, uh, in in the history of it kind of a civilian liner you know they had to they repurposed them for the war the calamari and they, uh, the profundity is kind of similar design all and even the radis later on has a similar design mm-hmm. so i i just love it i love the home one i love pickles and i love pickles in my rebellion uh the, it is a great uh pickle ship a pickle ship <laughs> <laughs> designed and piloted by fish people. <laughs> there you go. It is uh, just like a garden was attacking the Republic. A uh, salad bar is heading your way. <laughs> All right. We have, uh, we've reached uh, our number one choices here for the best ugly ships and vehicles in Star Wars. I'll go with uh, my number one. So Joseph can close the show with his choice. And we are going to the last Jedi. I think these at one point probably were pretty, but they have seen, like many of us, better days. I'm talking about the V4XD Ski Speeder. We had some old speeders left around. I guess we'll use those to fight these gorilla walkers. They can barely get off the ground. You got to have your, uh, you know, your little guide rail there. These are not good. In fact, your foot might go through the bottom as Poe learned. And yeah, you put that stabilizer strut down to just, Keep it going. I love these. I love the shot. When I first saw it in the trailer, it is uh, reminiscent of a B-Wing. Uh, it's reminiscent of uh, just uh, something that uh, something junky you'd see on Tatooine. And I love it. I love the use of them. And I love that this was all the Resistance had. And that's what these ships kind of represent to me. It's classified as an airspeeder. But for me, it is an important ship in the story of star Wars and yes, it don't look good. And they're fun to fly on battlefront too. Fun, <laughs> fun, fun to control. That's my number one choice. The ski speeder. That is a great number one choice. Uh, hit the green toggle to uh, release the mono ski, right? Uh, mm-hmm. they, they're, they're so 
perfectly designed to feel like absolute insignificant gnats compared to the gorilla walkers but they still have all those right star wars lines to be like this is like the ski speeder is more exciting than the cloud car right i mean even though it looks kind of utterly utterly frail and everything about it looks like shouldn't there be more uh, equipment there to support that (laughs) yeah like this can't possibly actually function but it's still the the shape of the cockpit has a great energy and forward motion and the blaster and i I gotta buy the toy of this one now too damn it uh it's just perfect uh to look exactly like what it needs to be for the story to be something that you could see one day was kind of cool and functional but is just barely holding on (laughs) yeah i love it um yeah this was originally you look at the history in story the v4 series of ski speeders were used for asteroid slalom races However, that sport was shut down after a group of racers were destroyed by a stone mite infestation. Ah, there you go. There, there, there's the history of the ski speeder that was uh, in the incredible cross sections book. See, look, you can learn a lot from those little fun little research books. Uh, yeah, I love it. Love the use of it. Love that it saw better days. It was part of the rebellion as part of the resistance. Give me one of those. All right, Joseph, we have reached your number one choice for the best ugly vehicle or ship in Star Wars. What do you have? This was very fun because I pictured that ship and then I was like, oh, wait, I have been meaning to uh, dig up what the name of the ship is because I didn't personally know. And it is the Dowager Queen. The Dowager Queen is the spaceship that is crashed in the middle of Mos Eisley. And when you see it in films or in Battlefront 2, sometimes you're like, oh, that's a building that's uh, just kind of tilted to the side, right? Like, no, that's a ship that has its nose buried into the sand and has just been left there. (laughs) This is a giant metaphor for Tatooine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, In the actual ship itself, uh, if you look on like image tabs for Google, you can see that it's, uh, you know, kind of got all these big chunks that sometimes are kind of rounded off. Sometimes are a little bit more like square. So it's kind of mismatching and it's got, uh, looks like, uh, four big rockets jutting up into the sky. It looks kind of just kind of real functional cylindrical and like it never looked too cool that it was just a, a way to get places as best as you possibly could just barely hanging on. Uh, and then it smashed into the ground and stayed there forever. And I looked it up. There's a bunch of stuff about it in Legends continuity. So I'm sure Legends fans are like, yes, the Dowager Queen. Um, some of the Legends stuff has been brought back into canon. That's all from things like, you know, weird little fact files or cross-section books or Star Wars fact books. No big story stuff, but in all those kind of uh, information books. But the stuff that's there is just great uh that it was uh an old colonial ship so who knows maybe we'll see the uh the dowager queen in the uh, high republic series um and that it crashed on tatooine and most icely kind of just built up around it and that it's just kind of well known of like yep that's the ship and at different points you know jawas have kind of hung out in it is just this kind of abandoned derelict thing like some old you know uh warehouse uh, but this is uh, from Legends. At one point, it was converted into a hotel for trade conventions that happened in Mos Eisley. So, Ken, this ugly Star Wars ship, the uh, Dowager okay. Queen, is the hotel for the Mos Eisley Comic Con. <laughs> yes, I love Legends. <laughs> Perfect. No, that's great. 
That is great information. I want that to come back. I want there to be an entire book about uh, Moss Eisley Comic Con. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a VR experience I want, but two yeah. is great. But I want to go to Moss Eisley Comic Con. I want to pay for overpriced drinks and take yeah. them up to my room in the Dowager Queen. This is great. Yeah. I love this. Great choice. Great way to, to, to close this list up because this is also, by the way, something that the special editions gave us. And uh, this was not actually named to uh, Star Wars Locations book in 2005, I believe, the Star Wars Complete Locations. Uh, there's also a re-release of that book, too. And so because of that, you get this information, Joseph. It's located at the intersection of Dune Street and Inner Curved Street. Yeah. <laughs> it is go. the happening place for Mos Eisley Comic Con, right? Yeah. That's the road where Luke and Obi-Wan were stopped by an Imperial checkpoint. There you go. That's a deep-seated question that we haven't got. Yeah, I love the history. I would love to have this played around with a little bit more in modern canon and, and you know, um, get a little more with history. It got, uh, if it's something like this, you know, I don't think not, High Republic needs all these deep kind of connections, but if it's more than just a passing reference, if you actually get something uh, from the Dowager Queen, ah, man, that'd be a big, uh, a big, big win for me for the High Republic. But I don't want to put any expectations on that there. But this is great. Yeah, yeah. It just it gets me excited for that era of frontier exploration. And the Dowager Queen looks like this, like, hey, this is not a great ship. It's it looks a little cobbled together or way past its prime, but you know, it, it's like, you know, taking a rickety wagon, you know, on the Oregon Trail kind of yeah. vibe. And I just love that Star Wars storytelling of, you know, it's a hard knock, a real universe, and what a great picture of Tatooine, this planet that is supposed to be, you know, way out on the outer rim, not important, keeps coming up in storytelling. But the Dowager Queen takes you back to, yes, this is what Tatooine is. It's not a place anyone wants to live. It's a place where you crash and you got to stay. Well, I guess we'll stick here. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> that is the Dowager Queen. Great choice, man. Great choice. Great list. Now you out there listening know when I got this email, oh man, home runs here from Scripture all the way around. Thank you so much for sharing your list today here, Joseph on Star Wars Ranked. Absolutely. This was super, super fun. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder in Star Wars, and there's beauty to be found everywhere. We are almost out of here, but if you want to support us or join the conversation, maybe share your own favorite ugly vehicle in Star Wars, you can do so by finding us on Twitter at Pod. Use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked. You can like our Facebook page. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Podcasts available in a lot of different spots, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, TuneIn, Search. If it's not on a platform that you use but want it to be, let us know. Also, Patreon is where you can support us at patreon.com slash Force Center. Your support there allows us to do cool things like uh, the theme music that's uh, still relatively new enough here in Star Wars Rank. The great Tony Thaxton put that together. We have our own things going on. Uh, you can, well, I would say our own things going on. Force Center is one of those things. <laughs> Other things outside of the Star Wars world. You can go to catnapsock.com for information, all the things I do, including my new baseball podcast feed, Box Score Heroes. I have a charity spotlight tab there as well. Joseph, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, you can follow me at Twitter and Instagram uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw for some fun social media adventures. And then for all of my other comedy adventures, uh, comedy albums, comedy book, uh, my other podcast, Obsessed, that's all on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Yes, sir. Give him a follow. Give him a look and uh, pick up those albums. All right. For all of our favorite ugly things in Star Wars, this one's for you. Star Wars has been ranked. 